Well, as I shared earlier, this morning we're going to continue to look at how you and I are the church. Last week we looked at how each believer in this room make up the body of Christ. Christ is the head and each of us are the members of the body. In this room we have eyes and ears and mouths and hands and feet and legs. Each of us represent a body part. Each of us represent the body of Christ. What we're going to do this morning, last week we looked at the latter part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This morning we're actually going to look at the first part of chapter 12. Okay, and we're going to look at um, and try to understand what our gifts are and how we can use our gifts within Christ's body. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14 together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. And these are the words of the Lord. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the Spirit, given through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of the miracles, to another prophecy, to another abilities to distinguish between gifts, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many." Our, our message point this morning is this. Spiritual gifts are given by God for the building of his church. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you this morning again. Lord, just as we dive into your word, Father, just speak to each one of us. Father, help us to understand and realize that we all in this room are ministers of the, God, of, of, of the gospel. Every single one of us in this room are part of your body. You are the head, and we make up the members of your body. Help us, Lord Jesus, to understand that. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be able to discover if we don't already know what our spiritual gifts are. Lord, help us to be used of you as your hands and your feet. So spiritual gifts are given by God for the building of his church. Gifts are not given for self-edification or self-promotion. Gifts are given by God for the good of the church and the advancement of the gospel. This passage of scripture tells us that the church is a body. Okay, We are a body. There, as we looked at last week, there is the greater body 
that makes up the worldwide church, and there is the local body of believers, which we are as a church this morning. Christ is our head. It is made up of many members, and each member has a di- different function, a different role, and a different ministry. This morning is not about developing our gifts, but identifying that each of us have gifts, and those gifts are to be used for the building up of Christ's church and the advancement of the gospel. Every single one of us, okay, again, has a gift. And every single one of us in this room are ministers of the gospel. You know that, right? And I know that I share that quite often with you. All of us are ministers of the gospel. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, beginning in verse 16, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And notice what verse 18 says. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us is a minister of the gospel. Our, our, our job as ministers of the gospel is to help reconcile a broken world to a righteous God. We also read in in verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Right here in this passage, we read how each of us at the moment of our salvation were given the ministry of reconciliation and became ambassadors of Christ. Notice our first point this morning. It is the design of the gifts the design of the gifts. In verse 1, again we read, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. First, before we dive dive into trying to identify what a spiritual gift is, let me tell you what it is not. It is not a talent. A talent is something you are born with. A person, regardless of their belief in Jesus, have natural talents as a result of genetics or the result of a special endowment given to them by God. All of us know gifted people, right, or or talented people, musically or mathematically, athletically, maybe artistically. A talent is God-given at birth, and when it is developed, it is magical. I mean, think about great athletes, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, all of these in their prime were in a league of their own, unbeatable when they were at their best. So a talent is God-given at birth. Now a gift, are only those are only given to believers. When a person places their faith in Jesus Christ, they are empowered and they are gifted. Peter tells us, and we looked at this a second ago, um, tells us to use the gifts of God um, in verse 10 of 1 Peter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You and I are to steward the spiritual gifts that we have been given by God. In order to steward those gifts, we have to understand what those gifts are, right? We need to identify what those gifts are. Before you leave this morning, I want to encourage you um, to pick up um, out in the, the, the foyer area, we have a Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts assessment. 
Now, I want you to know before, before you pick one of these up, okay, this is not an exhaustive list of all of the spiritual gifts that are out there. If anything, this is more of a spiritual assessment inventory than it is a full-blown spiritual gift inventory, okay? But I want you to pick up one of these, okay? And, and if you've gone through our new members class, you've already um, gone through this before, but if you haven't, grab one of these, walk through this. Um, this is not going to tell you all of your gifts, okay? But what this might do is help you identify an area that you are strong in in so that then you can begin to develop and pray about and ask the Lord, is this a gift that the Lord has given me? Now, let me encourage you as you go through this, answer these questions honestly. Don't answer them based on who you want to be. Answer them based on who you are. All of us have taken spiritual gift inventories, probably. All of us have taken personality inventories as well. Sometimes we have a tendency to answer questions, not honestly, but, but more, on, more based on this is who I want to be. You know, when I do spiritual gifts inventory, I always want to be identified as Billy Graham at the end of it, okay? Um, I'm not Billy Graham. I'm Chad Womack. So when you take your test. Don't try to be someone that you're not. Try to see who the person that God created you to be is, okay? So I want to encourage you before we're done or before you walk out of this place this morning to grab one of these. Once again, this is not a full-blown spiritual gift test. This is more of an assessment to help you find a place of ministry within the church and outside the doors of the church. Notice next, notice the devotion that is needed of the believer. Paul wrote in beginning of verse 2, um, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However you were led, therefore I want to, you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Paul here challenges each of us this morning to make sure that we are fully committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, fully surrendered to our sovereign God. He makes it clear that there is a distinction between the person who, who we once were before Christ and the person that we are now that we are in Christ. Before Christ, we were led astray, weren't we? We pursued after worthless idols. We pursued after the things of this world. We lived like the world and did worldly stuff and pursued after godless things. But once we were saved and once we were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, at that moment, we should have left behind the pursuit of the world in order to pursue after God. As believers that are empowered by God, it is essential that we recognize that just like we have a job to do that puts food on our tables, we have a ministry to fulfill that leads people into the kingdom of God and into the church of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question this morning. If you um, had to say this morning where your devotion is to the Lord, okay, how much of you does the Lord have this morning? Does he have some of you? Does he have part of you? Does he have three quarters of you? Or does he have all of you? How much of the Lord have you allowed him to have 
of you. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, was once asked what the secret to an amazing life is. To which he responded, I told the Lord that he could have all there is of me. Does the Lord have all there is of you? Notice next there the diversity of the gifts. In verses 4 through 7 we read, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for, for the common good. And then the next thing that we see here is that not all gifts are the same, and not one person possesses all of the gifts. I'm going to pick on my friend in the back of the room, Chris Butts, okay? Um, no, there, he's not behind you. He's, he's you, okay? If a believer possessed every spiritual gift, then there would be no need for anyone else. He or she would be a church all to themselves. If Chris Butts possessed every spiritual gift, he could have a church all to himself called Chris Baptist Church or Chris Bunt's Baptist Church or Bunt's Baptist Church. What would be the name of your, your church, Chris? Okay. I don't know Baptist Church. He would literally be a one-man show. He would preach to himself, he would sing to himself, and he would serve himself. Now, I'm not sure what the invitation would look like every week, but what I am certain of is that there would be at least one person that would get saved and baptized and surrendered to full-time ministry every single week, okay? That would be Chris. That would be a, a pretty narcissistic church, wouldn't it? I don't think any of us would want to be a part of a church that was all about one person. That's not how God designed the church to be, is it? He designed it in such a way that he is the head and all of us have a role within it. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14, we read, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. All of us represent and make up the body of Christ. This is not a one-man show or a two-man show or a three-man show. This is a all of us in this together. We work together. We work in unison together. And when we do that, and we are told in Scripture that, 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 that God is going to use us in mighty ways. So within this passage of Scripture, not only do we see that there is diversity in our gifts, but we also see that each person within the Trinity plays a role in giving us our gifts. We see the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all are great gift givers. They have given us gifts. And knowing that they have given us gifts, let's use them toward and for their glory. So there is diversity of gifts, but notice next, notice the distribution of the gifts. In verse 8, we read, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who 
apportions to each one individually as he wills. You, you don't have to ask God for a spiritual gift because your spiritual gift or gifts were given to you at the moment of your salvation. You and I do not choose them. They are chosen for us. Now, how many gifts are there? Okay, um, that's a great question. There is not a single place in Scripture that lists out all of the different spiritual gifts. There, there's at least four passages of Scriptures that, that talk about the different gifts, but there is not just one place that identifies them all. Some of these um, passages of Scripture mentioned are, and, and gifts are mentioned in one list. Some are excluded from certain lists. Some are mentioned multiple times, and some are mentioned only once. Now, if you've done any research on spiritual gifts, you know that, that, that many different preachers and theologians um, can't come always to a conclusion of how many gifts there are. How many of you have ever ran into that before? Um, you know, there's some people out there that, that are going to tell you that, that, that certain gifts were only apostolic gifts. Others are going to, to, to tell you, no, there's all of these gifts, this number here, and plus there's these because if I pull this scripture and this scripture and this scripture, I'm able to find this gift and this gift and this gift. I mean, just as I was researching, I was just trying to look at some of um, the top minds of, uh, within Christendom, and, and some of these have said that there's 14 gifts, some 16, some 17, some 18, some 19, some 20. One guy says there are 27 different gifts. But here's the struggle. Some have come to, once again to the conclusion that some of these gifts um, that Paul mentions or the other apostles mention are, are, are intended only for during the apostolic era, during the New Testament era, during the early church movement. Those would include speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, healings, and miracles. I'm not going to stand before you this morning and agree or disagree with others. When it comes to tongues, let's talk about that for just a moment. We read in Acts chapter 2 that those who were speaking in different, that, that there was a group, those that were a part of the 120, you know, they were all in the upper room together, and the Holy Spirit came down upon them. They hit the streets, they began to proclaim the good news of salvation to others, and they began to speak in, 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 in tongues, okay? They were speaking in languages that were native languages of those that had come to celebrate Pentecost. There were people from all over the known world. And there were, there were people that only spoke one language, all of a sudden were speaking other languages. So people were able to understand what was being said from these men. That was one version of, of tongues that are in Scripture. Now, there are others as well. Um, uh, you know, I've seen people on TV, as you have probably, speak in tongues. I've been in different parts of the world in different churches where 
I didn't know the language, but I'm pretty sure that they were speaking in tongues. I remember um, before I became a Christian, I was a young child, and I went to church one time with my aunt and uncle to a Pentecostal church over in Rockwall. And I remember vividly um, being in that church. It's where Lake Point Baptist Church sits today. It was an old Pentecostal church, and there were people running up and down the aisles. And they were speaking what I want to call at that time gibberish because I didn't know what they were saying. But I found out later what they were speaking in was tongues. Even though I didn't know that was what what was going on, that is uh, apparently what they were doing. Um, that has been my only exposure to tongues. I'm not going to once again say that this was only an apostolic error, uh, era gift because we're not told in Scripture of that, are we? I haven't ever done it. Um, some of you may have. I haven't. So I'm not going to once again say it was or is only something that was designated for the early church. Here's what I believe when it comes to gifts. I believe that when it comes to gifts, you and I can know what our gifts are. The Bible mentions these, but there are others. There is the gift of administration, discernment, evangelism, exhorting, faith, giving, healing, helping, tongues, ministering, pastoring, prophecy, the gift of serving, the gift of mercy, of teaching, and of wisdom. And when you get your spiritual gift um, inventory or your assessment book later, you will notice inside of here that, that, you know, that we don't, this does not include all of those that I just mentioned. This only um, includes a small portion of those. So once again, this is not going to tell you by itself what your gift is. This may help you understand what your gift is, but it's not going to tell you completely what it is. But I do think that it will help you if you go through this, be able to develop some different areas that you can serve within Friendship Baptist Church. Let's conclude this morning with the discovery of the gifts. In verses 11 through 14, we read, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The first step in discovering our gifts is to seek the Lord, isn't it? We need to turn to the Lord and ask the Lord to reveal to us what our spiritual gifts are. The gifts are there, okay? They just need to be identified and developed and fleshed out. How do we do this? Well, we pray. First way to identify what your spiritual gift is is to pray to the Lord and ask him to reveal to you what your gift is. Read God's word. Read up on the different spiritual gifts in God's Word and ask God to reveal to you through the reading of your, His Word what those spiritual gifts are. Also, read extra biblical um, books that are out there as well. There are some great theologians that have written much on spiritual gifts. Read some of those and see if through that reading if the Lord will reveal to you what your gift is. Take spiritual gift inventories. This is a very, very simple one, okay? There are some much more complex ones that are out there. Identify those. 
Work through those, and they may help you um, come to know what your spiritual gifts are. Also, listen to what other people say to you, okay? If, they, if someone comes up to you after you have preached or taught or served or shared your faith, maybe counseled with somebody, and they have said, hey, thank you. Man, you are gifted in this area. Some of you have the gift of giving, okay? Man, the Lord has blessed you um, monetarily, and you use that blessing to bless others. And I'm sure that as a result of that, you have been told by someone, hey, thank you for the blessing that you provided me and my family. That is an affirmation of a gift that you have received. So listen to what other people have to say about you. If they affirm a spiritual gift in you, take note of that. That could be a word from God to help you as you flesh out that gift. Once we identify what our gifts are, we need to develop them. What did Timothy say, or Paul tell Timothy in Timothy chapter 1? We've looked, we looked at this several weeks ago in a sermon, but it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Paul instructs Timothy to make sure that his God-given gift is not underdeveloped. He tells them to fan into flame the gift of God. Develop that gift, he says. Use that gift. It has been given to you by God, and you are to use it for God's work. Think about your muscles, okay? If you don't use your muscles, what happens? They experience atrophy, right? They begin to wither up. They don't go away, but they wither up, and, and, and you... Um, obviously aren't as strong as you once were if you don't use those muscles. But if you begin to use a muscle that you haven't used in a while, what happens? Your body makes sure that you know that you're using a muscle that you haven't used in a while. Caitlin um, this week started strength and conditioning camp getting ready for the softball season. And, and um, she has been running, she has been lifting, and she doesn't lift weights. But she's been lifting, doing arm and leg weights. She has had to stretch in ways that she hasn't stretched before. She's been doing lunges. She has been doing sprints. And I want you to know that, that, that um, she, here's what she has done this week. Okay? She has cried a lot. She has complained a lot. She has limped a lot. And she has moaned around the house all week long. Why? Because she this week, has been using muscles that she probably has never used before in her life. Those muscles, they've always been there, right? But they have been underdeveloped and underutilized. The same is true with our gifts. All of us have gifts that were given to us at the moment of our salvation. But if you don't use those gifts, they're going to remain underdeveloped. Let's use them. Let's tap into them and begin to um, let God use us as he designed us. When we identify our spiritual gifts, okay, notice what this helps us do. It helps us to clarify God's will for our lives. How many of you in here want to know what God's will is for your life? All of us want to know what God's will is for our life, right? Well, when we learn to tap into the gifts that God has given us, we 
begin to realize what God's will is for our life. Also, when we discover our gifts, this benefits the entire church. Helps us realize that, that the church isn't a one-man show or a two-man show or a three-man show. It is a all of us in this together. Ministry is what it is. It's a body of believers designed to help one another. And by discovering our gifts, guess who is glorified? God is, right? Those gifts that you have have been given to you by God. It's been given to us for our good, and it has been given to us for one another's good as well. Let's learn to tap into those gifts and to fan into flame those gifts. All of us have been given a gift. Let's use it. Now, you may be here this morning, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm giftless because I have never received Christ as my Lord and Savior. Well, I want you to know the greatest gift that you could ever receive is, 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 is a gift that was provided for you some 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And we read in Romans 6.23 that for the wages sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. If you would place your faith in Jesus Christ this morning, you will receive the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Let's stand together. I'm going to lead us in a closing prayer. And, and if there's a decision you need to make, hey, you may need to come this morning and just kneel down at the altar and ask the Lord to um, lead you and guide you and help you understand and discover what your gifts are. You may be, um, have been visiting this church a while and the Lord is leading you to make friendship your church home. You may be here this morning. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to come and place your faith in Jesus this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you again for the privilege of being in your house. Lord, thank you for every man, woman, and, and student that's in this room. Father, thank you for their love for you and their love for your church. Lord, I pray that you will help each one of us in this room come to know what our gifts are and begin to develop those gifts for your good or our good and the good of your church. Father, I pray if there's someone here this morning that does not have a relationship with you, today will be the day of their salvation. Today will be the day that they receive the greatest gift that they could ever receive, and that is the gift of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit provided to us by the greatest gift giver, God the Father. Lord, be with us now during this time of invitation. First in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's a decision you need to make, you come. You come.